Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Philip DeMerger, and today's podcast is all about what scanner radios that you should buy for somebody this holiday season or a scanner radio that you might want for yourself. Now, today's podcast is a replay of last year's Holiday Buyer's Guide. And you might be saying to yourself, hey, Phil, why are you repeating last year's guide? Well, simply stated, nothing has changed in a scanner radio landscape in the past year. Both Uniden and ICOM teased new radios, but none have been released yet to the consumer market. Plus, on top of that, I'm still working through my cancer recovery uh, and other health issues. So taking a cheat week here and there is something that I could absolutely use. And this week is definitely one of those weeks. In all seriousness here, though, this podcast episode is also available as a presentation on YouTube. And there is links in that video as well as some descriptions. And we talk about, you know, all these things on this replay of the podcast. If you want to see the video that accompanies this podcast episode, or if you want links to the scanners that we talk about, we'll make sure all of that is in the description for this episode. So I'm hopeful that next year we will have new radios and we will have a new version of this holiday buyer's guide. And until then, though, let's go ahead and take a listen to last year's and this year's Holiday Buyer's Guide. Are you looking for a new scanner radio to buy this year? Maybe you're looking to get into the hobby. Maybe you're looking to upgrade. Well, I'm going to go through each radio that's currently available and help you pick the right scanner for your needs. This is Scanner School's Scanner Radio Buyer's Guide. Now, there's a couple things we need to be aware of before we go ahead and make a scanner radio purchase or even look at the scanner radios that are available to us. And that would be what is your budget? Your budget is going to dictate exactly what kind of scanner radio you can get. Because if the scanner radio you need is outside of your budget, then we have to look at creative ways in order for you to get what you need but stick within your budget. So the radios we're going to look at here are brand new radios, but I'm going to pepper in some alternatives along the way. But keep in mind, the used radio market is a great resource for you and also software-defined radios. And again, we have additional information at the end of this presentation, so make sure you stick around so you can get those free resources as well. So the other thing we have to look at is where are you? Where are you right now? Where are you going to be listening from? Because where you are and what frequencies and what systems are in play where you live can really dictate what type of scanner radio it is that you need. And again, there might be some other things such as encryption. There could be legality issues. There could be uh, technology or uses that are not supported by today's scanner radios, such as Tetra over in the UK. And we need to look at these things because, again, this may require us to have to upgrade our scanners, too. So we may need to pay for an upgrade. So these are things that we need to know. So how do we find out what we need in our area? Well, you can go over to Radio Reference and find out what radios would work best for you based on the frequencies that are in use. It's the frequencies that are going to dictate what you need and the trunk systems and the modulation schemes. But don't worry about all that because I'm going to put a link to a video in the description and also on YouTube up in the title card that will take you to a video that looks like this. Look at the thumbnail that is on your screen now because this is a thumbnail you're going to be looking for. 
This is a tour of the Radio Reference Database version 2.0, and this will guide you through how to navigate Radio Reference and to find a scanner for you. But if that is too difficult for you, and I know for some people you can get lost here, look, this hobby can be a little bit of a bumpy road to get used to. I'm available to help you out. Just leave me a comment down below this video and let me know the state and the county that you are in. And I will go through the Radio Reference Database for you and reply with a video that will help you decide what scanner radio model you need. So again, leave a comment down below in this video with your state and your county. And if you feel up to it, leave your town or city and I will respond with my recommendations for your area. I'll also tag you in that video so you know when it's coming. So the next thing we need to look at is a preference for you. What do you prefer? Do you prefer handhelds? Or do you prefer base, desktop, mobile units? Now the desktop, mobile, and base units are all the same. And we have to figure out how we're going to use our radios. Because there's a difference between handhelds and desktop units. And let's go through the pros and cons of handhelds. Well, the pros of handhelds are the fact that they're portable. They're handheld. You can take them with you. You can put them in your pocket. You can attach them to your belt. You can leave them on your desk. You can take them in the car. You can put them in a backpack. You can take a handheld radio with you. Handheld radios can be taken anywhere. That's a pro that we have right there. Now, they may be cheaper. Some handheld radios, like the SDS-100, is cheaper than the SDS-200. But the SDS-200 comes with additional features you can't find on the SDS-100. For most handheld radios, about the same price point as their desktop counterparts. Handhelds also operate on batteries. And again, batteries can be a con as well. But it makes it so that when the power goes out, when you're transitioning, that when you have you know severe weather... You can take this handheld radio with you. You can shelter in place or you can go somewhere to shelter with this radio. And as long as your batteries are charged, you're off the grid. And you can continue to listen and have situational awareness around you with a handheld scanner. Now, what are some cons or some negatives about handheld scanners? The fact that, again, they operate on batteries. Batteries can run out. They can deplete. And if you have a scanner that runs off of a proprietary lithium-ion battery, such as the SDS-100, you're going to have to spend extra money to have extra batteries. You can't just go and pick up AA's and throw them in your SDS-100. The other problem is a lot of these scanners will charge off of a USB cable. While that itself can be a pro, it becomes a con because you can't have the scanner turned on and in use while you're charging it. The scanner must be powered down. And for some scanners, you must acknowledge the fact that you want to actually charge it before it will charge. So again, charging it while in use can be a bit of a con here. Now, the other con is, is that it's easy to fall off of a desk. If you leave the scanner standing up and somebody bumps into the table, bumps into the desk, maybe you have a cat that likes to jump on the table, it can knock it off the desk. Now, I've heard of plenty of scanners that have fallen off the desk and it's not a problem, but I've also heard horror stories too where a scanner falls off a desk and it's the first and only time it's ever fallen and it just happens to fall in just that right way that something dislodges inside. Maybe the antenna port breaks or maybe just the case cracks, okay? These are real-world possibilities here. But again, we could buy aftermarket accessories such as cases, 
that will help us. And of course, many scanners have lanyards. I've never really found a use for a lanyard, but maybe using a lanyard as a leash to hold it on the desk because you can clip it to something like a paperweight, maybe that will prevent it from falling off the desk. I don't know. I'm just figuring this one out. But again, another con may be it has a smaller display. And I find this on the higher end scanners like the 436 and the 536 or the STS-100 and the STS-200. You can fit more horizontal real estate on a mobile or desktop scanner than you can on the handheld. The handheld displays are a portrait orientation and the desktop versions are a landscape orientation on the displays, which means you could fit more characters across the screen on a mobile version than you can on a handheld. And one more negative here, they have smaller speakers. Because they're in a smaller case, they have smaller speakers, which means they are not as loud. Another con to throw in here too that's not on the screen is the fact that handheld scanners only have an earphone output and not a line out output on them. Let's look at desktop and mobile scanners and the pros of these are they're a cleaner installation. I like desktop and mobile scanners because all of the wiring is in the back. Your antenna port, your power port, and even your data port can all be routed along the back of the scanner with minor exceptions. And also, you can have a line out for your speaker that all comes out the back of the radio. So when you put this on your desk, you don't have to see any visible connectors on the front of your scanner, with minor exceptions for some scanners. Not all of them are equal here, but with most of them, it's a much cleaner installation with a desktop scanner. You have more accessory ports, meaning you can have uh, Wi-Fi, you can have Ethernet, there's more options when it comes to desktop scanner as far as what you can do with them. They could have a larger display. Again, we just talked about this on the handheld version where the displays are wider on some, not all, but some desktop versions. Many desktop versions have a limited character input of 16 characters, and that's all they're going to put in there. But for some of the higher end ones, yes, we can have more information on the mobile displays. And they may show more info when it comes along to that. You may see more room for radio IDs. You may find more information about the trunk system that you're listening to. It may give you the signal strength and the health of the system and the code rates. And again, trying to put all this onto a handheld display is nice and all, but it's a lot easier to read on some of these higher-end displays when it comes to mobile scanners. And finally, because we have a larger body in a desktop or a mobile scanner, we can have a larger speaker, which in turn means more output, louder audio. So that's another benefit here of a desktop scanner. Now, cons of a desktop scanner are they're not as easily portable because they're not made to be portable. But again, if you have a 12 volt battery source, you can easily take a mobile radio with you and carry it around. They may cost a little bit more in the case of the 536 versus a 436 or an SDS-100 versus an SDS-200. You may have additional costs when it comes to your desktop scanners. And again, what we just talked about in the first con here, it requires an external 12-volt power source. There's no internal batteries when it comes to a desktop scanner. So that's something we have to think about here. Now, one more thing we need to talk about here before we actually get looking at the hardware is the fact of our expectations. And the cost will go up as we go across and add more features. It's not exactly linear, but 
as we're adding more to the radio, as we're adding P25, as we're adding DMR, as we're adding color displays and, and, and simulcasts, right, the cost of the scanner goes up. But one thing to note is as we go up in price tier, we retain most, if not all, of the features found in the lower versions of these scanners. So when you buy a digital P25 scanner, you're also going to retain all of the information that was in an analog scanner and an analog trunking scanner. So you're upgrading your way through the process. And again, we're going to revisit this slide in a little bit because I do have a wild card that we're going to be adding to this slide. So make sure you watch out for that one. Hey, we're going to take a quick break right here. And as a reminder, anybody who is a Patreon supporter at the $3 or higher tier, they don't get this commercial break right here. For everybody else, we'll catch you all in just a second with the rest of this year's guide. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, and MURS, and 2A radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as backup issues too. To download your free sample issue or subscribe, visit natcommag.com. Okay, let's look at analog scanners. Now, this is a busy slide because this is the entry-level price point here for scanners. And this is where there's a lot to choose from. 
And this will be the only area where I am going to interject my personal preference and my personal opinion on what you should buy. And this is a busy slide because this is the entry level price point for scanning. This is the entry level ground floor of what you can find. So scanner manufacturers put a lot of resources here to try to, you know, give you a right, the right avenue. Now we're going to tear apart each one of these rather quickly. We're not going to spend a lot of time in here. We're going to have other video reviews set aside for each one of these radios. So let's go through our first one here. The Uniden SR30C. This is a handheld 500 channel radio. There you can control it with a computer. And this is a great entry level scanner. There's no alpha tags though. There's no PL codes and there's no other advanced options except for close call. It does run on two AA batteries. This is a great entry point scanner, but it is not one I would recommend because I think there's a better one out there that if you put a little bit more money towards, you will enjoy the hobby just a little bit more. But there's nothing wrong with the scanner. I own one and I do use one. The next one though is a BC355N. This radio is okay. I would not recommend it because it's a real pain in the neck to program. If you want a radio that's very easy to use for just simple searches like Air, Marine, and even CB, okay, that's great because at a push of a button, it will search through those bands. But other than that, this one is a, I wouldn't recommend because again, it's a pain in the neck to program. It's smaller than the rest, but again, I don't like this one. I've had plenty of these. I've, I've, I've used them, but I don't recommend them for somebody who's just getting started. The next ready we want to take a look at here is the Whistler WS1010. This is a nice radio. And this radio is also the same as the GRE PSR100. It's the same as the Radio Shack Pro 404, the Radio Shack Pro 649. Why are these all the same? Because when Whistler acquired GRE, they rebranded the Radio Shack uh, scanners and also their own scanners with their own model numbers. Now, this is a great entry-level scanner. It's a little bit bigger than the unit one we just looked at earlier, the SR30C, but this radio is a great radio. It runs off of four AA batteries. The top is, is simple. It has one dial for squelch, one for volume. It has a BNC connector on it, which I like for the antenna. It has a belt clip. It's got a very easy display, and it is very simple to program. If you're looking for a radio that is like the old school style of programming, or it was enter, enter memory, enter, next memory, enter memory, enter, next one, this is the radio for you. The SR30C works the exact same way. This is old technology scanning right here. But if this is what you're looking for, this is a great radio. Keep in mind though, this radio stops at 512 megahertz. It will not go to 700. It will not go up to 800. The desktop version of this is the WS1025. Again, this radio is a little bit interesting to look at. It's a desktop only. You will not be able to take this one mobile. But again, it's very simple to use. Separate dials for volume and squelch. It has a BNC port around back. It has a telescoping antenna on top if that's what you want to use. It has a programming port, the power port, and also a external speaker jack along the back of this. And again, this W1025 is a rebranded PSR200 by GRE. It's also the same as the Pro 405 and the Pro 650 that was once sold by Radio Shack. The next model we're going to take a look at is a Uniden BC125AT. This is the radio I recommend upgrading to 
from the SR30C. This radio is a nice upgrade from the SR30C because it gives you alpha tags. It also gives you a cleaner display and it does PL codes and DPL codes. It's got more or less the same feel in your hand, but this one I prefer over the SR30C. It's a little bit more complicated the program because you can actually put alpha tags in here and you can put PL codes. But if you just want to do straight ahead programming and just do standard frequency into the memory and advance through it, exactly the same. This one here is a great buy. Costs you a little bit more than the SR30C, but this is the one that I would recommend. And finally, we have a new unique one here. This is the Uniden BC365CRS. CRS stands for Clock Radio Scanner. I like this one for a desktop for a couple of reasons. One, it has an FM radio built into it. It can also run double duty as your alarm clock. So this gives you an excuse to put a scanner radio on your nightstand and actually get away with having a scanner in your bedroom. But what I really like about this radio is the fact that it has NOAA Weather Radio standby alerts built in. This scanner radio can also operate as a weather alert radio. And for that, I give this scanner my recommendation for a desktop radio in this category of scanners. Along back, we have our power jack, we have a headphone jack, and we have our antenna port. There's also a PC connection in the back. We can't use that for programming, but we can use that for firmware upgrades if any were ever available. There's no alpha tags in this one, but again, it's a very, very basic scanner, but I like it because it operates as a weather alert standby receiver. And I think every home needs a weather alert radio in their home. And you should think about weather alert radios as being as high as a smoke detector or a carbon monoxide detector or even a fire extinguisher in your house because having one can save your life. So for that, I give this one my recommendation for a desktop scanner. And if you're interested in any of these scanners that we're talking about in today's presentation, I've got links down below in the description. Now, note these are affiliate links, and if you do use them, we'll earn a small commission for anything you purchase when you use the links down below. And again, we would like to thank you in advance for supporting Scanner School by using those links. The next category we're going to talk about now are analog trunking scanners. The only one that fits into here, unfortunately, there's only one, and that is the Uniden BCT15X. This radio has been around for several years. It's a workhorse. I have multiple of these radios. I really do like them. They're an upgrade to the BCT-15 that came out many years before that. But this is a nice mobile radio. Unfortunately, the handheld version was retired many years ago, and there hasn't been a replacement available to us to date. So it's a big hole in the market. But this radio here is a great desktop radio. It's analog only, which means no P25, no DMR, or anything like that. But what it does get you over the previous category is the fact that it does do analog trunking protocols, such as Motorola Type 2, Motorola Type 1, which again would be, Motorola Type 2 would be APCO 16. Uh, it would get you EDAX, and it will do LTR. So if you have a system by you that is just analog, and you're looking to alpha tag things and get a nice radio. Or if you need to monitor anything that's on an old Motorola Type 2 system, a Motorola Type 1 system, or an EDAC system, or even an LTR, 
this is a great radio. They call these Trunk Tracker 3s because it does support three trunk systems. It's got like 9,000 memory channels in it. It's unbelievable. And it also has a lot more advanced features than you would have on the previous category here. In addition to being able to trunk track, it also has fire tone out in it, which means you can actually use this as a fire pager or have it just stand by and be silent until your local fire department sends out their two tones if they dispatch and use paging on VHF or UHF analog. And yes, also supports low band. This is a great scanner radio, and I definitely would recommend this one. But we have another category to look at here. And that is P25. This is our entry level P25. This is where we start getting into digital modulation. Now, we have one category here to look at, which is phase one scanners. And these two, again, are workhorse scanners. Really do like these scanners. I've got both of them, but maybe not these exact ones because we have the WS. 1040, which is a handheld version of this. This is a rebranded PSR 500, a rebranded Pro 106 by Radio Shack, and also a rebranded Pro 651. We also have the WS 1065, which is the Whistler version of this, but it's also a rebranded PSR 600, a Pro 97, or a Pro 652. These both do analog. They both do what you saw in the previous category for Motorola Type 2, Motorola Type 1, LTR, and EDAX, but they also do P25 trunking and P25 conventional phase one. Now, these radios are great radios. They have good audio on them, especially the 1065. I really do love the audio quality on this radio. It goes through the military aircraft band. It goes through the federal bands. It includes 700 megahertz. And it goes up into 1.3 gig if you should ever have to go that high. But again, it only does phase one scanning. You could put up to 1,800 memory channels in these. And what I like most about these radios here is the virtual scanners, which means you can have preloaded in these scanners different configurations and different memory settings. And you can then recall these different configurations and basically reprogram your scanner on the fly. For example, if you have a summer home down in Florida, you can program their scanner for wherever you live during the summertime. But when you snowbird down to Florida and you're down there in the winter, all you have to do is load the virtual scanner for Florida and the scanner is reprogrammed for down there. And then when you get home, you load the virtual scanner for wherever it is you, li you live and the scanner then reprograms itself from the virtual scanner background database to where you live at home. It's a great way to have multiple different configurations in a scanner. I really do like that feature in these radios. Now, the upgrade from here are the P25 Phase 2 scanners. Now, you'll notice we do have some scanners missing because as we're going through the different levels of categories, again, the higher levels include the lower levels. So we don't include everything. We're just including what's new to this category. And what's new to this category are the two Uniden scanners. We have a BCD-325P2, and we have a BCD-996P2. What does the P2 stand for in these scanner models? If you said P25 Phase 2, you would be correct. These two radios hold a whopping 25,000 memory locations. And again, these give you analog. Gives you everything you had in the analog trunking. It does P25 Phase 1 and Phase 2, P25 Conventional, and with a paid upgrade a paid upgrade, you can enable NXDN, DMR, 
and also Pro Voice if you need it in these two scanners. Now, the 325P2 is the same form factor as the 125AT. And of course, on top, you'll find a single dial that does your volume, your squelch, your channel configuration, and runs through the menus. It's a multi-function knob. You have a BNC connector on top, which I like, and you also have your headphone jack. On the side of this radio, you have your communication port, which is USB, which is great, and it's also your charger. The batteries are AA batteries, and the front display is nice and clear. On the 996P2, you have a USB programming interface on the front, which again, I like. No more serial drivers. You have your, and you have all the dials and buttons you need right up front. Separate squelch, separate volume. You have a multifunction silver dial on here, which is great to go through the menus. And of course, your scan and search buttons are all off there on the side. Along back, we have our BNC connector for our antenna. We have our power sources. We have a line output and also a recording line output off the back. And we also have a connection for GPS. So we can plug GPS into either one of these radios. All right, we're going up the scale here. Let's look at our radio reference supported scanners. What does this mean? This means that the scanners we're looking at on screen right now support importing the radio reference database to a memory card. You can do this with no additional subscription required to radio reference. When you purchase the scanner, you also purchase the license basically to use the radio reference database. This makes programming these a whole lot easier. As simple as putting in your zip code. Although I wouldn't recommend it because I would like to have more control over what my scanner listens to, but that is a possibility. And with some of these scanners too, you can plug in a GPS to it and have the different frequencies and trunk systems turn themselves off and on when you travel. And again, that can save you a whole lot of research and headache when it comes to traveling with your scanners. I like these scanners. These are great. And again, this also shows you the difference between what a horizontal display versus what a vertical display can show you on the display as well. Let's look through these. The TRX-1 scanner is probably the most rugged scanner that we're going to look at here. It comes with a very solid rubber shell or rubber case that goes around the scanner. This is a really great scanner radio, and I do enjoy using mine. It's a little bit different than the Unidins. I'm not going to say it's, it's the same, but once you get through the learning curve, you're going to enjoy this radio. The weird thing about this one, though, is that the volume is part of that up and down button you see on the multi-joystick on there, and the squelch is the dial on top. It has a BNC connector and also a headphone jack on top. It has a USB connection on the side, and it has internal AA batteries that you could get at once you remove the hard shell backplate and the rubber protection along the side. This radio's got great audio, and the nice thing about it too is that DMR and NXDN are included with the cost of the radio. These don't trunk track um, using the official protocols here, but it will follow a conversation nonetheless. So for a phase one, phase two, NXDN and DMR scanner with no extra licenses required, this is a great radio. Its twin is the TRX-2. This is the only desktop or mobile radio with a detachable face on it. So if you need to travel with your scanner and you don't know where to mount your scanner, this radio is a great one because the front plate comes off. You can mount the rest of the scanner under the seat. Really interesting design. 
And again, on the front of the scanner, we have our programming USB cable and we have a headphone jack. Around back though, we've got our antenna and our DC port back there as well. Again, these two scanners program off of a memory card. Really do like using these two scanners. They're very unique and they fit the marketplace just nicely. On the Uniden side of the house, we have the BCD436HP and we have a BCD536HP. Again, look at the screen on these. One's portrait, one's landscape. That means when you name your memory channels, when you name your favorites list, keep in mind that there's only going to be so much that can show up on the screen on the 436. I've made the mistake of putting long names in and only changing the like the last word, and I have no idea what I'm looking at on the screen because it all doesn't fit on the 436, but it fits nice on the 536. Now, the 436 runs off of a couple of AA batteries. It has a USB and data port on the side, which is also where you're going to plug in your GPS, your charger, and to program it. The top of the scanner has your headphone jack, your multi-channel selector, and an SMA antenna port. This radio is taller than the other radios we've looked at in the handheld market, but this is a nice, solid radio. On the desktop mobile side, we have the 536, which is a little bit more money than the 436, and that is because it includes a Wi-Fi dongle. So you could actually stream the audio and control it without ever having to plug it into your computer. Now to do firmware upgrades, you would need to still plug this one into your, into your computer. Up front, we have our SD card, we have our programming cable, we have a headphone jack, we have separate dials for our squelch and our volume, we have our multi-selector button, and around back, we've got our speaker outputs, we have our BNC connector, and of course, we've got a power. And again, we'll have dedicated videos that go through each one of these radios with a full detail. So make sure you look for those videos. If they're not published yet, they will be published soon. Finally, we have a scanner that is very unique here. That is the Home Patrol 2. And what makes the Home Patrol very unique here is the fact that it has a color touch screen display. Yes, you heard that one right. Touch screen. So no buttons, no knobs to mess around with, with the exception of the volume up and down and the power button on the top of the unit. The Home Patrol 2 is a great scanner, although I really think this one fits best on your desk and not so much in a mobile environment, but this one is a little bit of a hybrid too because it does run on batteries. So you could leave this one on your desk on the included desk stand that comes with it, but if it hits the fan and you have to bug out or you have to go in the shelter in place, you could take this scanner off the table and you can use the batteries that are built into it and take it with you. This is the only, what I would call a desktop scanner that's also portable. Now the final category of scanners we're gonna look at here are our simulcast capable scanners, the SDS-100 and the SDS-200. These are the highest tier scanners we're gonna look at. And again, you may or you may not need these scanners where you live and where you plan on using your scanner. If you wanna leave me a comment down below in the video, with where you live, your state and your county, and if you're comfortable enough with your city, I can create a video tailored to you or refer you to another video I've created in the past that goes through what scanners will work best in your area. Now the SDS-100 and the SDS-200 both have color displays and they both also support the Home Patrol database. Again, the radio reference database and you didn't call them Home Patrol databases. This is they're top of the line scanners, and the SDS 200 supports Ethernet, which means you can hardwire it directly into your home network. 
And while both of these scanners support a color display, which you can customize, they also spit out a lot more information on the screen than you're normally used to seeing on scanners, such as the P25 Wacken, NAC code, uh, RSSI or signal strength, the battery levels, the site ID, all these different features that you would not expect to see in a radio can be seen in the front of these scanners. Now, just like the 436HP, the SDS100 has an SMA antenna connection on top, a headphone jack, and also a multi-function selector knob. On the side, you've also got the USB cables that you can use for programming and GPS and charging. The front of the display has a flat keypad, but the most interesting difference between this scanner and any other scanner besides the fact that it works well in simulcast is a design change which means that the SMA connector on the top of the scanner is recessed a little bit which means it's very difficult to find an aftermarket antenna for this radio. Remtronics makes two antennas that will fit on top of this scanner if you do need an aftermarket option here. Now the SDS200 is slightly taller than the other scanners that we've looked at previously that are for mobile installations. So this is larger than a typical DIN size scanner. So please be aware that this is going to be a little bit larger. But again, on the front of this SDS 200, we have our headphone jack, our multifunction dial, we have our volume and our squelch knobs, but we also see USB connectivity for programming. We see an extra USB connector on here, which currently doesn't have a use. We have a micro SD card, and for some reason, the Ethernet port is on the front of this radio, when really a lot of us believe it should have been on the back. But again, there is definitely a design reason why they decided to put this on the front. The back of the scanner, again, like most scanners, has our BNC connector, it has our power source, it has a modular connector for our GPS, it has a speaker output, and it has another USB port. Now, we do have some alternative options here if, as we've gone through the scanners, they were getting a little bit too expensive for you, and that is the world of software-defined radios. Now, here's the chart we looked at prior, where as you increased the number of features in your scanner, well, your costs went up. But if you look at the feature line here, software-defined radios can be had either below, at, or slightly higher than the standard analog scanners. The trick here, though, is you're going to need a computer to run these, and there's plenty of options available. We also have a free course that will get you started in software-defined radios in an afternoon. And again, we'll put a link to that free course down below in the description for you. Another free resource we have available for you is our five things you need to know before buying your first or next scanner radio. This will help you find the right scanner, how to legally use a scanner, and also, most importantly, how to avoid making common mistakes when purchasing a scanner. Because again, you don't know what you don't know. And this guide will help to guide you into purchasing the right scanner for you. We also have some more resources here available for you over at Scanner School. We have a podcast you could check out that comes out every week. Our YouTube channel is full of tutorials and videos just like the one you're watching right now. We do have tutoring services available if you want some one-on-one -on -one help with your brand new scanner or finding a new scanner. That service is always available. And we also have some help where you just ask me a question here in the comments and I will typically respond. But we also do live Q&A sessions and that is another free way that you can reach out and get help directly from me. So keep your eyes on our YouTube channels and make sure you're subscribed here so you know when we go live for our Q&A sessions. If you enjoyed this video, please give me a thumbs up and make sure you're subscribed to this video. Thanks again for watching. All right, I hope that you enjoyed 
listening again, maybe for the first time, maybe for the second time, our 2022, yet now our 2023 Holiday Buyer's Guide. Again, this is available over on YouTube, over at scannerschool.com slash YouTube. Again, it will be branded our 2023 Holiday Buyer's Guide. And then in January, we'll change the title again to make it the 2024 Buyer's Guide. So it's all the same video because it's all the same you know, from last year. So if you are planning on buying a scanner, maybe you need a recommendation for a scanner. Maybe you have something you'd like to add to this list or a question about something I did here. Join the Scanners community over on Discord, scannerschool.com slash Discord, or you can join our Facebook group over at scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. Again, links for all of these radios and the video are in the description in this podcast episode. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robbs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian Arsenal, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Daniel Chiavolella, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuzneski, David Robertson, Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Glenn Davos, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, John Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin's Wiki, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgrand, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.